1: From coast to coast, Epic investors are doing the most. It's time for another Epic Field Report. All right, so I'm on the phone with Kevin McCann, Ace client, just posted a deal on our follow-through Friday inside of the private Facebook group, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about it. So, Kevin, how are you, buddy?
2: Good, how are you, man?
1: Very good, very good. So, um, let me read the deal real quickly. Purchase agreement signed on a seller finance deal with $30,000 in equity and $600 a month of cash flow. So that sounds wonderful. How did you find this deal?
2: It was uh, through the REIA mailings that we done. Uh, directly. Okay.
1: So through the marketing that we sent out for you? Yeah. Perfect. And then uh, someone called in. How did that conversation go?
2: Uh, at first it started, uh, uh, she bought a property in a posse scheme as a rental property to just Turned into a bad deal. About two years later, mm-hmm. property's been vacant for a year. A lot of problems as a as a landlord, out of state landlord. So,
1: got it. Cool. All right. So you proposed the solution, and, and you were able to uh, get seller finance on the deal. That she was willing to carry back. How did that come about?
2: We started with the, the three letter option, mm-hmm. and she didn't like the cash offer came back and i kind of explained to her how option two would work out she was happy with that because she was actually going to get a return on her investment also
1: Mm -hmm. sweet so win-win
2: yeah absolutely
1: perfect so this is going to be a rental for you you're going to hold on to this yeah and then uh, i'm looking at your numbers here you've got 30k of equity you've got 600 bucks a month in cash flow what does that roi look like have you calculated that
2: No, I haven't because the final numbers haven't come out Mm -hmm. because she's allowing me to roll everything into the the note. Got it. Closing costs and everything.
1: Oh, sweet. Good deal. So what's the biggest lesson that you learned in this transaction?
2: Always make an offer. Always make an offer and follow through.
1: That's a good lesson. (laughs) You can't can't do deals unless you're making offers, right? Absolutely. Cool. So how are you going to celebrate?
2: Just going to collect the cash flow. That's (laughs) move on to the next
1: one you get to celebrate every month that's right All right, Kevin thanks for taking time out of your day and thanks for sharing keep doing what you're doing if you need any help you know how to get in touch absolutely thank you Matt be back Kevin take care this is Terrio Media yo yeah yeah we got the cash flow you didn't know homeboy we got the cash flow uh yeah What's up? Hello and welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. This is where we meet each and every week, five days a week to help everyday people escape the rat race using real estate. So thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for staying connected with us. If you're brand new to the show, glad you found us. You can stay connected just by hitting that little subscribe button inside of your podcast app, wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can stay connected with us on Instagram at Epic Real Estate and on YouTube by going to epicrei.tv, that domain or that URL that takes you right to our YouTube channel, epicrei.tv. And this is where the, the video versions of the podcast are uploaded each and every week. And so much more good stuff happening over there. And that's ramping up to be five days a week as well. So if you don't know, now you know. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Corey, the big kahuna Peterson. Corey, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Thanks, brother. I'm glad to be on the show, man. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time and we finally able to get our schedules to line up. So, yeah, I'm happy to have you here too. I got on the short list, man. Right? (laughs) Totally. So
0: uh, where are you calling from right now? Are you in Hawaii? Oh, man, I wish. Uh, You know, I like to go there a lot, but uh, right now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, it's kind of like Hawaii. <laughs> in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> in the desert, right? That's good. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So um I guess uh
1: you're a big giant multifamily real estate investor and that's become of light and you've created quite a name for yourself here in the last, I don't know, twenty-four months or so. Um tell me a little bit about your business, what it looks like today.
0: You know, what it looks like today is totally different than it looks like almost five years ago, three yeah, years Yeah, when we met, I think it's very different today, right? Yeah, I was still doing the same things. I was still always, I've been investing in multifamily since 2011 is when I bought my first deal. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, you still got to have a little uh, other ways to make income. So I was wholesaling up until about, really honest, two, two years ago. And mm-hmm. then I. that's when I went full time. I had enough apartments that, uh, honestly, I didn't need any other uh, income and uh you know my life was simpler actually so uh we now like this year we'll close almost 35 million dollars worth of apartments get out of here and um that's pretty cool yeah and, um, what that does is creates a lifestyle a cash flow lifestyle that mm-hmm. is beyond imagination all i can tell you is i'm living i'm living my dream right now
1: that's fantastic fun. yes i love the cash flow boy it resonates over here so i think that's the only way to go i think uh those are flip properties. Like they're working way too hard.
0: You know. So think about it, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably read the same book I did. Robert Kiyosaki's "Rich Dad Poor Dad." Right? Never heard of it. And so when yeah. I read that book, I was like, "Oh man, that's what I want!" And he yeah. always talked about cash flow and mm-hmm. making money. And but then somehow I think a lot of us we turned on the TV and we saw flip this house mm-hmm. and wholesaling, and and honestly, those are great ways. I mean, listen, I I was just on a. Tom Kroll's, uh podcast and, and you know, he's going to make a million dollars this year wholesaling. Right. And so, I mean, it provides great income, but the only difference is, is he'll have to do it next year and the year after and the mm-hmm. year after. And I won't. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't, I, I mean, I kind of, Poo-poo flipping houses every
1: once in a while. But you know, you have to have some source of active income to feed into the investments to produce the passive income. So
0: Yeah, because yeah, exactly. The one mm-hmm. one feeds the other, truly. If you're doing it right, because that's where Robert was always, I think, talking about say, hey, listen, if you're gonna make these monies, use it and then and then work on getting out of the rat race by investing in the long term stuff, that passive stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really what I've done. I mean, I've been just playing Monopoly, man. I mean, you know, buy four greenhouses and then trade up to an apartment. And right. once you get enough of them, then all you have to do is you only buy the red stuff, right? We don't, you know, like you got enough cash. When you learn how to raise private money, um, then all you have to do is buy the red stuff, buy, big, mm-hmm. buy the big apartments.
1: Exactly. So that stuff works.
0: <laughs> hey, Thank um, God my kids teach, or my mom and dad taught me that game early on. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the greenhouses,
1: you know, I'm very familiar with how you go out and you find those greenhouses below market. um How is it different when you're looking for the red big buildings?
0: Yeah. You know, it actually is a couple of different ways. So some people will say, well, it's just the same. You can do the same, you know, the marketing and things like that. Now, Personally, I don't do it that way. I I do it. I think it's more of an old, archaic, old boy, good old boys system, meaning it's more about relationships. It is. And, uh, you know, you have commercial brokers in the world. And if you will find a region of four or five states and then all the cities get to know all the brokers where they know you by your first name and you have something other in common other than real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's called the relationship. So if you can. And the only way what I found is the best way to get to that is to say, like, hey, Matt, what do you like to do for fun? Mm -hmm. And whatever you tell me, like, let's say now, if you told me golf, which I hate golf, (laughs) I'd be like, well, what else do you like to do? (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, you're like, I think I can have fun doing that with you. I think you like the Dodgers. Right.
1: Right? You're absolutely right. Yeah.
0: When you said you're a Dodger, I mean, I'm like, dude, I love the Dodgers. I remember watching Tommy Lasorda, you know, and, um, who's my guy that has the big windup. Um, um he just threw the pitch in like for one of their big games. Um, Fernando, Fernando Valenzuela. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you threw it with the right hand. So
1: it threw me off. So that's why I was like, I had to think of the right hand and no, oh, but the big windup was Fernando.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but like that's when I, every time I would call you, if I'm, if you were the broker, Man, mm-hmm. I'm opening with, we're talking Dodgers, bro. Right. Yeah, that's all. We, I mean, I'd be like Googling what's going on with Dodgers because you're probably going to know. Mm-hmm. And then we have an opening conversation on that. And then we get to real estate. Right. And when you do that, that's the magic, man. And then they're like, they want to go to work for you and help you get a deal.
1: 100%. That's
0: the secret, man.
1: Yeah. It's, boy, we should we should put that in a book somewhere and sell it. <laughs>
0: but yeah, good old-fashioned
1: relationships. Who knew, right? When they say it's a people business, they actually meant something by that.
0: You know, it's funny because it works the same way with ri- raising private money.
1: Yeah, no, totally. No, 100%. It's all about, you know, a big part of what we teach in our REI ACE program because we got the ACE stands for attract, convert, exit. And that C, the convert, uh, it starts with building rapport to, to turn on that conversion process. And that's just the same
0: regardless of what you're buying or selling. You've yeah. got to build a rapport, right? It is, man. Like Relationships, I mean, we're in the people business, believe it or not. Yeah. Real estate is just a vehicle, but we're truly in the, the people business. And so yeah. if you can get to people at, the, at a people level and get them to know, like, and trust you and understand what you're doing and then have integrity, mm-hmm. that solves a lot of things, right? Right. And puts right. you in like the top one or 5%, right? 100%. Yeah, you, and you just said no like, or trust. I think
1: the likability outweighs the other two right if you can be the likable person and the one that they would like to spend time with anyway um you know you can be a little deficient in the other two and still pull off great relationships and pull off good business
0: yeah and it's funny because i look at my investor pool and and so i mean i'm a very outgoing person obviously right you are too but sometimes a lot of my clients are not so much right and so when i'm around them i tend to mimic them a little more i try to i mimic their mannerisms because that's what they are attracted to not Mm -hmm. the crazy wild person more the you know so you have different roles you have to play for your different people and and that because you got to communicate in a language Mm -hmm. that they understand
1: yeah yeah basic mirroring skill that's a big part of rapport building it's right out of the uh how to win friends and influence people book I didn't even know that you did. You didn't. <laughs> well, good. I'm not that um, smart. Did I tell you that by the
0: way? I love to teach you something. I barely made, it made out of high history. school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a book Thanks about that. Kevin Heinfeld. I passed math, man. <laughs> it was like, you know, first hour. Hey, you know, cause math is in third hour. So it's like, Kevin, bro, I need the homework.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what trends are you seeing in the market right now that either has you concerned or are excited and how is it changing the way you're operating?
0: Man, I'm excited about rising interest rates. <laughs> mm, explain. That's, that sounds weird, but it's uh, because, man. I actually too. I just want to see our answers. Yeah. So as up. interest rates rise, cap rates are going to rise faster, and there's a lot of stupid money chasing apartments right now like that's kind of seems like to be the buzzword is apartments and cash flow mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of inexperienced operators that are probably operating on margin uh, razor thin margins mm-hmm. and a little hiccup like a rate increase is going to screw the pooch mm-hmm. and when that happens it's going to create opportunities for Corey peterson Mm-hmm. right? Um, for people that are that are really good at understanding what our operations are and how we can affect change, right? And so I think there's going to be things that are going to be coming up on sale. Now, we still have a great strong market, right? So we're, we're still buying apartments. We're not saying, oh, we're not buying anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it's going to be as crazy as what we experienced in 08, 09, right? That kind of, but I feel like a downturn or a slowdown I don't know if it's going to be a slowdown because like we have so much, I think it's more going to be an interest rate play, mm-hmm. right? As interest mm-hmm. rates go up because there's still a lot of demand for housing for apartments. I mean, the millennials are not buying uh mom, uh, the, the baby boomers are, are downsizing. They're moving out of their homes and into things that are done for them. Right. They mm-hmm. don't want to do the lawn. They don't want to, they just want an apartment it makes sense for a lot of them.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm liking the interest rates going up a little bit to, uh, slow down the appreciation a little bit and you know extend the, the inventory and the days on market because uh, when you're dealing directly with with the motivated private sellers you know and a lot of times the the rebuttal can be well I can just go sell this on my own and get close to market value and you know they kind of can <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean yeah but well,
0: uh, so check this out we're buying an apartment right now mm-hmm. that um, gosh it, it cash flow is like stupid almost like a 1.8 1.9 DCR, debt coverage ratio. That means almost two times the amount of my, yeah. my payment, I'm making profit. That's, that's really high. That's stupid, mm-hmm. right? Now, why? Well, because the guy's just, uh, he's a developer. He built the building, right? And he mm-hmm. built it in 2006. And But he hates, he's an owner operator and he's not really good. He's a developer. Sometimes guys that can build stuff are really good at building stuff. Right? They're not so much good at managing stuff. And so there's that stuff like that happens all the time in the marketplace. And you know, another example is this like we're, we have a property we bought three years ago, and we were projected to sell it in five years at 5.1 million. We are putting the property up for sale for 9.2. Mm. We bought it for 3.6. Right. Nice profit. Well, <laughs> even if we sell it for seven and a half, I'm mm-hmm. still going to be pretty dang. Uh, excited, but right. the thing is, right now in this where we're at in our, our marketplace, it's heated, and there's lots of people that are buying stuff that they just. I mean, and I guess with, with, can we talk about bonus? Sure, everybody loves a bonus. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay, so um, depreciation. I'm talking about depreciation, right? Oh, got it, got it. Cost segregation studies in in the multifamily world. What I do, like back in the '80s, remember the savings and loans crisis. I feel like this is happening too right now. The new law that was just passed allows you to take what's called a 100% bonus on year one. So uh, for example, I'm buying a $10 million property right now and I'm gonna get a $3 million depreciation the day I buy it, right, for the next tax year. That's a lot, right? And so that offsets a lot of income. So there's some people out there that they don't even care about making a return They just want a $3 million loss to carry on their taxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's going to catch up one day. Mm -hmm. There's more opportunities coming down the road for that too.
1: (laughs) And you'll be right there to swoop them all up. What system or technology have you, and I I realize this is a dangerous question for you because you're not the big technical guy, (laughs) but uh, what system or technology have you implemented in the last 12 months that's had the biggest impact on your business and how?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. So this is great. I, I know how to answer this question. All right. Um, the biggest system that I've impacted is our understanding that Corey Peterson sucks at systems. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then I just go find people that are great at implementing systems. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call this my management play, right? The reason I'm a successful operator is not because I'm a great operator. It's because I'm very good at finding great operators to manage my properties, right? Mm -hmm. I realized early on that uh, Corey Peterson's gift is not the details, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a deficiency that I have. And I realized early on that um, if I wanted to grow my apartment business to millions of uh, units, you know, like a lot, I mean, I've got this vision and it's like Donald Trump vision, like big. Mm -hmm. And so- and the only way I can do that is by having a team and the right team. And so I really, I would say, and my systems are learning how to write, to ask better questions, right? In other words, when I was trying to find management companies, you used to say, Hey, hey well, tell me about your management company. Well, once that question goes out, everybody has a great story. Oh, we're the greatest. We we're we're, we're awesome. And you know, then you believe them or, or you, and what I realized is you got to ask questions like this. You got to ask all the crappy questions, man. Like, tell me about a time when you got sued by Fair Housing. Mm-hmm. Right? Tell me about a time, not like I wonder if it happened, because if they're an operator, they've experienced this. Mm-hmm. Right? Tell me about the time that this happened. You had a pool inspection that went bad. Right? And mm-hmm. how did you guys mitigate it? Right? And when I learned those, that those are the types of questions that I had to ask, I started formulating all the right questions. And by doing that, I started to find really, really sharp management companies. And and now I, I, have, I only have one management company that manages my stuff nationally. And um, by far, they're, they're the reason that I look great and so successful is because they do most of the work. So I know that's a long way to get to the answer, but... No, that's great. It's a perfect answer. I think... You know,
1: you, you, know you suck at systems, and you got to delegate someone to do the systems.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really... And that's legitimate... Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the biggest mistake
1: you've made in the last 12 months, and what did you learn from it?
0: Um... Well, I always want to say, like, that's the short answer is I don't ever listen to my wife and I wish I would listen to her more. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> Especially when that. she's sitting right behind you. Yeah, so just, <laughs> I want to make sure that I get it all, you know, get all my rewards done now. Um, the biggest mistake. Um, so I got to go back. I can't do it in a year. I got to go back. Like, like my, my biggest mistake was my second deal I ever made my first second apartment deal that I ever did. And mm-hmm. this it confirms what I just said in my last answer is i hired a management company that was out of georgia to manage a property in tucson arizona and i live in phoenix and um they just didn't have the right systems they couldn't go that far geographically right and mm-hmm. they failed and so here's where the mistake came in cory peterson said oh i'm going to self-manage
2: mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, bad idea and mm-hmm. it got worse i went from bad to worse and, um, for about two years, I had sleepless nights because I had raised about one point six million dollars of private money and um, unfortunately i didn 't lose my investors money, but they didn 't make any. I got my investors money back to them mm-hmm. um, with no interest but principal for two years mm-hmm. and um, There was sleepless nights for two years, my friend, and i 'll never forget the pain of every month having to go in front of my investors and yeah. say, "Guys." We're not doing it. I eventually fired, uh, hired the right company. We righted the ship enough to sell it and, and and exit. And half of that money, I'll never see again because they it was the first time they ever invested, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the other half uh, were people that have and, did, been in many deals with me. And so they just said, Corey, great. You're not perfect, but let's just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so, but, uh, man… Trying to think that you can do it all like you're invincible and not going back to principles of, um, of underwriting and what a deal is and what a deal is not, that mm-hmm. was the lesson I learned is to make sure that you stay true to underwriting, process, procedures. Don't think that you can do it. Hire the right people to do it for you.
1: Got it. Yeah. I resemble so much of that story.
0: <laughs> I think
1: we all do at some point. If, if you don't, you're not in the game. Show you're not me how playing.
0: much money you've lost, right? That's yeah. if I know you've got experience. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. You, you're making money or you're getting an education. Um, so biggest win in the last 12 months and what did you learn
0: from it? That one. So my first apartment I bought in 2011, mm-hmm. I bought it for $3.6 million, um, $1.4 million of private money sold it last summer um, for $8.8 million bucks. Mm, nice. That's like almost $5 million profit.
1: Right. That's when you became famous in the community.
0: That's where hey, you so what's funny, right? That is truly what happened. So I didn't show my HUD to like very many people, but I put it on Collective Genius mm-hmm. uh, on their private page. I, I put a little picture of my HUD. And honestly, but that deal set me free. Right. Once right. I, it's not actually the sell. It's when I bought the next property, right? I bought I did a ten thirty one exchange on a twelve point six million dollar deal, and that deal will pay me like almost three hundred seventy five thousand dollars for the rest of my life cash flow, and mm-hmm. I made like a four hundred thousand dollar acquisition fee, and um, that just put me really on track. And then and we've got lots of other deals behind it. So um, that one truly that was my start to finish all the way through to prove that my system does work. You buy them, you fix them up, you hold them for a while, sell them for mm-hmm. lots of money.
1: You can sell them for lots of money. I like it. What's the, uh, what's the best book you've read in the last 12 months? What did you find most valuable
0: about it? I personally, my favorite, favorite book is, besides Richard Poor Dad, is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a 10th of everything I make is mine to keep. That's kind of what I, I take out of it. But uh, honestly, the book that I just read um, is, hold on, let me just pull it up. I should have had this ready. You, you, you got me off guard here for a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what a good interviewer does. Right? Yes. You're, you've already got me there. What It was about, it's a how to sell. Oh, how to sell with story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How to sell with story. I don't have the author right now. I'm not going to find it, but you can just Google how to sell with story right. and you'll be able to find it. But the power of story, when I learned really, as I become an info marketer, right. To sell right. my education and stuff like that, I've learned that you've got to become a, a good storyteller mm-hmm. to be able and, but it's helped in everything now. So like now when I'm even talking with capital, I start telling stories of operations and things like that. And they remember the stories.
1: Yeah. Stories work really well when you're buying property too, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You can stories. relate to
0: somebody, right?
1: You say say what the facts tell, the stories sell, right? Yeah. The stories buy too. Um, what's in the future that has you most excited and why? What's going on now?
0: Man, I'm most excited about having complete autonomy from working. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, so, honestly, I, I've been um, – for the last two years, I've been working really, really hard, you know, to launch an info business. Um, it's a lot of work; it's a lot more work than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, ha- but I actually I really enjoy my events. Um, we've got all our coursework built finally, so that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and to know that I'm in a spot now that, like, I want we're getting ready to close on this next property. I'm going to buy a can am, mm-hmm. right? Like a little four wheeler thing. Uh, to so me and the kids can go and like because we live in a great place in the desert to mm-hmm. go take those things out and go have fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and So this year, this next year is all going to be about saying no a lot more, mm-hmm. right? And right. I, I, I kind of like my I don't give a crap meter has went way up, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it there, and I don't yeah. ever want to change it.
1: Yeah, no, that's it's a good place to 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 live from for sure. Um, this has been a pleasure <laughs> <laughs> with the, uh, it's funny that you had said about the, the info business a lot more work than you thought. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a cool little side gig just to leverage what was in my head and, and produce a little extra money on the side. Were
0: you there when I got roasted? Arrested? Ro- no, roasted. Oh, roasted. At Collective Genius.
1: <laughs> I was. And I remember it, but I don't remember the contents. Okay, of. Let me thing. tell you. I remember a lot you. of people telling you that you were crazy. Yes. But I don't remember what the reason was or why they were saying you were crazy. Man,
0: so they were, what, yeah. here's what happened, man. I come up there and said, I'm a full-time dad. I own apartments and I'm the big kahuna, right? Uh-huh. And then I go up and say, I'm going to start this uh, info business. And um, and then I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be best-selling author and, and all this stuff. And then we started talking about private money, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm getting my money at like, what I've learned how to do is raise a low cost of capital. Like I, I pay a 6% pref and I give a 6% on the back end, So a total of 12% and it's not 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's 12 and it's for equity. Meaning they don't have any collateral and they're like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I am so like, I don't know. Explain to me how I am. So I'll show you how I am. So right. like, you can't keep that going. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can sustain that but I am. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, you know, it was a, it was a crazy spot. Now I will say this though. Um, I'm doing exactly what I, what I said I was going to do, but I wasn't ready because the feedback that I got was like, Corey, don't do it. And really what they're trying to say, it came out a little weird, but it was like, you don't understand what you're doing and there's a right way and a wrong way. And when I realized the value of that, it mm-hmm. saved me from myself. Right. Cause a lot of times we get great ideas as entrepreneurs we get great ideas like every five minutes Mm -hmm. and sometimes you got to have um enough you can't be so full of yourself that you can't you got to take the cotton out of your ears and listen Mm -hmm. it was hard it was hard for me to do dude oh my god um but the truth was the timing was not right and i was going to do it wrong Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and now that i've i've actually built it right it took a long time and it was a lot of work it was a lot of work to get it going Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that I built it the right way. So now, as I'm exiting out, going and, and continuing, um, it's still fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That's the key.
1: Hundred percent. Yes. Why Why do it if it's no fun? Um, isn't it, Isn't it amazing when people tell you that you can't do something that you're actually doing? <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's the best. There's the, the the one little? There's a little. I don't know. Chinese proverb or something like that. Those that say it can't be done need to step aside and get out of the way of the people that are doing it. Right.
0: Call that a trailblazer, you know? So like, you know, and the difference is, is my belief. Right. So like a lot of times it's like the matrix. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the one, but I know I can go do something. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I just knew in my mind, my vision was so strong. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew how to get there and I was doing it already. And I just knew that uh, if I if I focused, that I could I could do exactly how what I wanted to do, and um, but that's like anything in life. Even with doing real estate, someone wants to start real estate, and they're not in real estate, and there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of, and there's all your friends and family will tell you what
1: you're yeah. crazy. You're crazy, yeah. You're gonna lose your shirt. Well, you see what yeah. happened in 2007?
0: Jeez. Yeah, gonna be one oh of those people. God. Yeah. And the right people know how to self-talk to themselves mm-hmm. and, and, and try to, you know, and forget all the naysayers and they go anyways. And I think that when you get to that point, when you really get to that point and say, listen, I'm going this way, hell or high water. I'm burning every bridge that I walk across. There's no coming back. It is all or nothing. That is when you actually become successful because you will now work with a ferocity that is mm-hmm. unmatched by anybody.
1: Yep. You know that when you talk about naysayers and this is I've seen this meme floating around and I've seen it in a few different ways, expressed a few di- ways di- a little differently of no one that's doing more than you is going to tell you that you can't do what you want to do. Right. The naysayers always are the people that aren't doing as much as you're doing. And uh, Yo, all of, every, every time, every time, every time. And, you know, and I, I invest a lot of money in, in my network, basically that the different masterminds and the groups that I hang out with and the trips I take and the the seminars and conferences that I attend. I mean, they're not your normal little rich dad, poor dad, free seminar on the weekend type stuff. But, um, you know, and I, and I look for those places where I'm the, the smallest fish in the pond and, it's pretty amazing the different types of conversations and the different levels of encouragement and the different levels of advice and suggestion that you get when you are very intentional about creating your environment and hanging out and spending your time with the right people.
0: Man, that's, if, if you ask me the question again, now that I, uh, you just framed it that way, when mm-hmm. I say the be- biggest thing I've ever done, like my biggest win is mm-hmm. really joining collective genius. And it's about three other groups that mm-hmm. are masterminds that were very intentional and dude, I've learned, I've grown more as a human being, as a businessman, um, mm-hmm. as a father, as really all you know, understanding my priorities. That right there is the greatest gift. Hang around those types of people; you cannot help it but become better and right. smarter. And then, and then the network that all that provides—that is, that's the reason me and you are talking.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, the, uh, I always say that the, the concept of peer pressure, you know, it works both ways. We were in high school and we hung around the bad kids, we did dumb stuff and got in trouble. And you get older, hang around the good kids, and then lots of good stuff happens. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yes. What a concept. They've only been saying you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with for, for decades or centuries, maybe. And uh, it finally hit, finally connected. I, I think about if that lesson was taught. You know, your senior year in high school, how much more could have been accomplished in your 20s? And I would say if you would have swapped out, say, Catcher in the Rye, we don't need that book. Let's just put in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book there instead. What an impact that would have on people's cool future.
0: failing our kids. Let's just get that out of the book.
1: right?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, I, of course, my wife's like, our kids are going to college. I'm like, yes, they are. But like, they're going to come work for dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but. Schools failing because they don't teach the life skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I was to say the same thing. Like the biggest thing, you uh, stay in contact with everybody that you know or meet, some way or form. Have mm-hmm. an Excel spreadsheet where you can ping people every once in a while because yes. because it's always not it's not always what you know. It's
1: it's it's who you know. It's and who you another know. Another cliche that's got uh, more truth in it than people like to think, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well. Thanks for uh, showing up here today, Corey. I know you're busy. Well, you're not somebody busy anymore, <laughs> but um, you are the best dude. I love hanging out with you. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do that?
0: Uh, two ways. One is, uh, you know, if you want to learn about the multifamily space, go to our podcast, Multifamily Legacy Podcast. Um, and the other one is uh, kahunawealthbuilders.com. That's our uh, education site. And uh, yeah, any place you can go, that, that, those are the two to, to go get fed.
1: All right. Sweet.
0: Cool. So let's check in in
1: in a few months and uh, do this again.
0: Yeah. I love it, dude. Perfect. Let's talk about some pain stories next time. (laughs) I I can give you a whole seminar, a whole series of just all the the mistakes and crap that I've done wrong. Yeah. I've got a a painful
1: experience I'm going through right now. Hopefully it'll be resolved and I can, I can try and match you (laughs) anyway. Alrighty, so thanks for being here On the Epic Real Estate Investing Show God bless to your success If you want to do deals, just stay tuned here We give it all away for free We hold nothing back as you can tell We've got great guests like our friend Corey Peterson here today But if you want to go fast, go to reiace.com Alrighty, I'll see you next week on another episode Of Epic Real Estate Investing Take care. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow huh. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow